the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You may not have tomorrow. You may not have next Sunday. You might run out of time. The Bible says today is the day. Not something you want to put off. Because you just don't know how much time you have. Or when Jesus is going to close that door and say, hey, your time's up. And here he says to her, your time is up. I gave you time to repent, and you didn't repent. Now look what he's going to do. Verse 22, indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, bed of sickness. We are very good when it comes to procrastination. Most times it comes in the case of putting off dishes or maybe a homework assignment until the last night. It can even be something more serious, like forgiving a family member. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about the time that we have left. There are a lot of people who will wait to seek after God, but the reality is we don't know how much time we have left. This story in the book of Revelation speaks of a church that waited too long to repent. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. She taught that it is acceptable in God's sight for Christians to commit sexual immorality and to eat things offered to idols. And the Christians in Thyatira, they were not participating in those trade guilds because by participating in those trade guilds, they were required to eat things offered to idols and engage in sexual immorality. But then you have this woman that comes along in the church who claims to be a prophetess. She's speaking for God. And she says, no, a Christian can do those things. No, a Christian can belong to those trade guilds. And a Christian can uh, participate in those trade guilds and can engage in the sexual immorality and the idolatry that goes along with it. There's nothing wrong with a Christian doing those things. Thus saith the Lord. There's nothing wrong with a Christian being involved in those things because that's what's going on in the culture. And to fit the culture, that's what you've got to do. I mean, you've got to work. You got to earn a living, you got to provide for your family. I mean, this is ridiculous to say that a Christian can't do that. Or that someone who is sexually immoral and idolatrous is not a Christian. It's ridiculous to say that. And people were believing her. She condoned and she encouraged immorality and idolatry. And we saw that in the church of Pergamos. But what makes it worse here in this church is that, first of all, she claims to be a prophetess. She claims to be speaking for God. And she's teaching in this church. She's saying this from, from the front, from the pulpit. 
to the congregation, which gives the impression that God does accept immorality and that God does accept idolatry when he doesn't. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. The New Living Translation says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But this woman in the church of Thyatira was saying, no, it's okay. It's okay for someone who names the name of Christ to copy the behavior of the world, to fit into the culture that we live in. This is just the culture that we're in. This is Thyatira. And it's okay. It's acceptable for a Christian to do those things. And listen, listen, give me your attention. There are always people in pulpits, in churches, who will tell you that it is okay for a Christian to copy the behavior of the world. They're out there. There's whole denominations that are out there that will tell you it is okay for you as a Christian to copy the behavior of this world. That will tell you that a person can live an immoral life in God's sight and yet still be a Christian. And God, God still will accept them in their immorality and in their idolatry. And God understands and God knows their heart and God will not condemn them. And they will say that, hey, this behavior is accepted in our society. And so it should be accepted in the church. The church needs to adjust to the society and God accepts them. And the, the false teachers allow the culture to set the standard of morality instead of the word of God to set the standard of morality. You always have that in the church. There's always Jezebels in the church that will teach that stuff. And one of the problems with that, just one of the problems, but one of the problems when using the culture to set your standard for right and wrong, the problem with that is the standards and the culture are constantly changing. Have you noticed that? I mean, if any of you are over 40 years of age, you know that there are things that are perfectly accepted in our culture today that were an abomination in the culture 30 years ago. The culture is moving the lines on us. So to use the culture as your standard, that standard's going to be constantly changing on you. We use the word of God as our standard. The word of God is our standard. You know, Paul says, listen to this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, don't be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says that to believers. Now, why does he say don't be deceived? Because there were believers that were being deceived into thinking that they can live an unrighteous life and God will just accept them. And Paul says, don't be deceived. Now, Jesus calls this woman, that woman Jezebel. (laughs) And I I don't think uh, Jezebel was the woman's actual name. Uh, Jezebel, at this point in in Israel's history and, and just kind of in the history in general, It was an unpopular name, uh, much like Judas, right? You probably have never met anybody with the name Judas or Hitler. You're not going to meet anybody with that name uh, as a first name. Jezebel was not a very popular name. And I believe that Jesus is not referring to a woman actually named Jezebel. I believe Jesus is referring to the Jezebel in the Old Testament. I believe he's saying to these believers in Thyatira, you have a Jezebel in the church, And what 
Jezebel in the Old Testament did to the nation of Israel, this woman in your church is doing to your church. She's a Jezebel. And so who was Jezebel? And I want to look at a few verses about Jezebel together. Uh, Jezebel, she was a Phoenician woman who married King Ahab, the king of Israel. So she became the queen of Israel. She's well known because she actually introduced the worship of Baal into Israel. And she promoted the worship of Baal in the nation of Israel. And so let's let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 16. We'll start there. 1 Kings chapter 16. And I just want to look at a few passages about Jezebel that will just give you a flavor for who she was. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 31. This is talking about when King Ahab reigned over the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. 1 Kings 16:31, and he, Jezebel was his wife. It says in verse 31, and it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal. And worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. Look at verse 33. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. What a statement. Remember, the Bible says God is slow to anger. And yet this guy, King Ahab, did more to provoke God to anger than all the kings of Israel. It says up in verse uh, verse 31 that it had been a, a, a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he introduced idolatry into the kingdom of Israel. Uh, but, but Jezebel and Ahab made, uh, made the sin of Jeroboam seem like nothing you know, trivial compared to their sin. They took idolatry in Israel to a whole new level because of Jezebel. And Jezebel was the driving force behind this. She was the one who brought Baal worship into Israel. She's the one who had, it. you know, the temples built and everything and the, the images set up for the worship of Baal. Turn over to chapter 21. And this is a very revealing verse about his wife. Verse 25, chapter 21, verse 25. It says, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because, here's why he did wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up, instigated him, incited him in a bad sense to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. That word stirred him up there. In the Hebrew, the root word for it is is thorn. Thorn. What does that mean? Jezebel was like a thorn to her husband, poking him, prodding him, always goading him to do greater and greater wickedness. She was the one pushing it. She was the one, you know, behind the scenes, and and at times not even behind the scenes, just, just making it happen. Uh, Go back to chapter 18. 
Here in verse 4, it says, For so it was, look, while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fed them with bread and water. Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord. She put them to death. Not Ahab, not the king, not the one who was in charge, but the wife of the one who was in charge. Jezebel did it, not her husband. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Here in chapter 19, this is right after Elijah the prophet had that confrontation with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. You guys know that story where he calls fire down from heaven and then he slaughters the prophets of Baal. He kills them. And right after that, now in chapter 19, verse 1, Ahab the king told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. So Ahab goes home and tells his wife what happened. Verse 2, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when Elijah saw that, when he saw that message, he arose and he ran for his life. Now he just slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal. He gets a letter from Jezebel and he runs for his life. And he runs for his life and he went to Beersheba. He's way up in the northern part of Israel, up near the Galilee. He runs for his life all the way down to Beersheba, which is way down in the south, down in Judah, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servants there. But notice here in verse, uh, verses 1 and 2 that, that Jezebel, not the king, not her husband. Jezebel is the one who writes this letter to Elijah and threatens to kill Elijah for what he did. It's not Ahab that's doing it. It's Jezebel that's doing it. And again, and Elijah fled from Jezebel for his life. Turn over to chapter 21. And this is a story that's, again, very telling about Jezebel. Verse 1 And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, he had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it's near. It's next to my house. And for it, I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth and money. So Ahab the king goes to Naboth and he wants to buy his vineyard so that he can plant a vegetable garden in it. He offers to trade him out, swap him out, land somewhere else, or to just pay him money for that land. 
But Naboth said, verse 3 to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Naboth says, It wouldn't be right for me to sell this land to you or give it to you. This is the land that the Lord gave to my family. So God forbid that I give it to you. It wouldn't be right. And Ahab agrees. And so Ahab, verse 4, went into his house. He agrees, but he's disappointed because he really wanted a vegetable garden. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father. And he lay down on his bed and he turned away his face and he would not eat food. So he's bummed out about the the land. Now look at verse 5. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? And he said to her, Well, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite. I said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it pleased you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered me, I will not give you my vineyard. Now look what Jezebel says. Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. You know what she says? You're the king. No one, says, no one says no to the king. You're the king. So she doesn't respect her husband. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And so she wrote letters to Ahab, and in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. That's what you call usurping the authority of your husband. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people and seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king, and then take him out and stone him that he may die. And so the men of his city and the elders and nobles who were inhabitants of his city did as Jezebel had sent to them, as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them, because they think it's letters from the king. And they proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him. And the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. And they took him outside the city and they stoned him with stones so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. Verse 15 And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. Verse 16, So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Naboth here, he doesn't say anything to his wife. At all. She overrules his authority as king and as her husband. And he just lets her. He doesn't say anything to his wife about her actions. He never says anything to his wife. Why was Jezebel able to lead Israel into idolatry and sin? Because her husband led her. Because her husband was a passive husband. She was a domineering wife over her husband for sure. But at the same time, her husband allowed her to be domineering over him and lead the country instead of him. He was a passive husband and he was a weak leader. 
and he allowed his wife to dominate and just overrule him without a peep. Just, he was quiet about it. So we could, we could do like a whole thing on like wives, don't dominate your husbands and husbands. Don't be passive. But we don't have time for that. So go back to Revelation chapter 2 and look at verse 20 again. And the accusation that Jesus makes against this church of Thyatira. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Look what it says. Because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Jesus reproves the church in Thyatira because they allow that woman Jezebel to do these things. That's, that's the key to this reproof here. It's not just that they have a Jezebel in that church leading people into immorality and idolatry. They also have leaders in that church that are allowing her to do if passive leaders that aren't stopping her, that aren't saying anything to her. The leaders in that church are like King Ahab in the Old Testament. They're letting her do this. They're allowing her. They're not standing up. They're not confronting her. They're not stopping her. They're not speaking against her. They're not doing anything. They're allowing her to overrule them and overrule what the Bible says, what Scripture teaches And to just say, no, a a Christian can do these things. It's ridiculous to say a Christian can't do that in, in today's world. And they just allow it. The sin of that church was that they allowed this corruption. Not just that there was corruption. They allowed the corruption in the church. He says in verse 21, I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. God God gives us time to repent of our sins. You know, the Bible says God takes no pleasure in judging people. He doesn't want any of us to perish in our sin. And so he gives us time to turn from our sins and to turn to Jesus Christ for forgiveness. But there's a limit. There's a time limit. He gives us a window. But that window is not open forever. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You make the decision today. It's not something you want to put off until tomorrow or next Sunday or next month because you may not have tomorrow. You may not have next Sunday. You might run out of time. The Bible says today is the day. It's not something you want to put off because you just don't know how much time you have or when Jesus is going to close that door and say, hey, your time's up. And here he says to her, Your time is up. I gave you time to repent and you didn't repent. Now look what he's going to do. Verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, a bed of sickness. And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Notice here, Jesus is describing the consequences of their sins. And their consequences began here on earth in this life, not in eternity. Jesus doesn't say they're going to go to hell for this, which is true. But that's after this life. But he says there are consequences. She has consequences for her sins in this life before she dies. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the fun. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like to hear this message in the book of Revelation again, feel free to find it at calvaryec.com. Simply look under the media tab. There are a variety of messages from this series and other series as well. As you browse our website, you'll get a better understanding of the church that supports this radio ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. In fact, if you're in the area and would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings in person, come join us this weekend. Our website has all the information you need as far as directions to our location and service times. We'd be so happy to connect with you and hear what you've learned from listening to Ring of Truth. If you'd rather get some information over the phone, we can do that too. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number once again is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to these messages from the book of Revelation. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Revelation next time, so don't miss a single edition as he explores this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's message, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience. We'll catch you next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.